0: Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with three Spotify-caliber hosts. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman.
1: Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who weighs about 156 pounds. Okay, that's a pretty good guess. That's uh, me, Ryan Newman. All right. So, how much? How much do you actually weigh? Uh, probably about one sixty four, one sixty five. Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm joined by the other brother who weighs about a hundred and seventy four
2: pounds. Uh, close, close. I actually don't even know. I don't even know what I am. Actually, I'm I'm in that range. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't. What? I can't remember. I would. I would. I think the last, boy. One seventy. I think. Okay, good for you. And what is your name, sir? Oh, the
1: the people know. It's Trey Newman. All right. We got to remind, there could be some new listeners. Um, Yeah, well, let's not forget Michael Newman here. I was weighing in at about
2: 280.
1: Oh, boy. No, like 200. Like 200, though. I'm fat. 200? Yeah. 200, okay. All right. All right. Well, anyway, let's move on. And We uh, also have the height,
2: so. True, true.
1: It's a lot of body. Before we recap last week's games, let's bring up the Yahoo College Football Pick'em League. Trey, you are in second place right now. Yeah, you're doing well. 109 and 86 is your record, but you are 10 games back from first place. Rick Saban, 119 and 76. Wow, it's impressive. Unbelievable. That's cr- I thought Trey was like neck and neck with that guy for a while. Uh, that guy, he's pulled away. So Rick Sabin is going to be hard to catch. Tied for third place. Stone Cold Drew Locks, which is a great name, and War Eagle, and then fifth is our friend Dave from San Diego. All right, Ryan, you are last among the bros. You're five games under five hundred, and I am one game under five hundred. Wow, I had a bad week because I was like a couple games ahead of you before yeah. this week. Oy, oy. All right, well let's let's get to week eight. Uh, first game we got here: Michigan taking down Michigan State, twenty-one to seven. Ryan, what'd you take from this one? I uh, just, that Michigan State really had no business being in this game as long as they did.
0: Uh, I they know, were, yeah, th- yeah. They were completely dominated. Um, they didn't even reach 100 yards of total offense. Brian Lewerke's stat line is one of the worst that I've ever seen. He was 5 for 25 passing. It just, Michigan's defense was just far too good for Sparty to handle, and uh, Michigan, on the other hand, their offense, yeah, they they were decent. They moved the ball pretty well, but they just couldn't capitalize on some of their drives, but you know they flex their muscle and proved
2: you know they're currently the best team probably in the Big 10. Yeah, I mean I'm in love with Michigan's defense. And remember they don't they still don't have Rashawn Gary back. So I mean they yeah. that's a key They piece. might not get him back either. True. But yeah, like you said right. I mean they held an offense to under 100 yards. It was just complete domination, but but I'm just I'm not in love with the offense. They're they're fairly vanilla. Patterson's arm doesn't really intimidate many. Um but I'll admit, you know, with their defense, they don't they don't need much. That's that's kind of Harbaugh's mo. But the other thing, though, about this game, and I get that this is a rivalry, but Michigan acted pretty poorly, in my opinion. Oh, between, oh, all right. Between Harbaugh and Devin Bush, they're they're not exactly winning over any fans. I mean, at least Bush, after the game, had somewhat of an apology, saying he got caught up in the moment with his emotions. But uh, Harbaugh is really doubling down on on what he said on Saturday. Yeah, I don't mind it. You know, rivalry, I like it. And,
1: of course, Devin Bush, the reason he, you know, tore up the middle of the field was Michigan State players walking interlocked, you know, arms interlocked across the field. There was a bit of a confrontation. A lot of he said, she said. I Who knows who's in the right, but all pretty minor stuff. After the game, also, Chase Winovich, I kind of liked it. Called them little brother again, which even though as a little brother, I kind of find that offensive as a, you know, pejorative. (laughs) But, uh for this game, I've just got I've got a list of five crazy stats here. First one, you guys both brought up ninety four total yards for Michigan State. That's their lowest since nineteen forty seven. Wow. Ooh. Second stat: Michigan State 0 for twelve on third down and 0 for one on fourth down. That ain't good. It's not good. They lost the time of possession battle forty one to nineteen. This one, uh, maybe the craziest one actually. Michigan got its first passing touchdown against Michigan State since two thousand eleven. Yeah, you texted that to us uh, later. That was that was uh, that's crazy to me. I know. I that. I mean, I guess they haven't done so well against Michigan State no. lately. No. The last fact, which makes no sense, Paul Bunyan on the trophy, his button-down shirt only has four buttons. Wow, that's not enough buttons. That's, that doesn't make sense. Nowhere near enough. No, so that's
2: the research we bring to the table here. Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) Um, I'll give some real news here though for Michigan State Cody White, one of their better receivers, of course, already out with an injury. Now, Felton Davis in this game, probably their best receiver, tore his Achilles. Oh man, yeah, that's brutal. That hurts, brutal. Um, all right, let's move on to Washington State winning 34 to 20 at home against Oregon. Got a little bit stressful after they nearly blew a twenty seven zero halftime lead,
2: but pulled it out. Trey, what'd you see here? What a what a weekend for the Cougs. The atmosphere for college game day was electric. Then then obviously the game itself was 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 impressive and exciting. Yeah, and like you said, Michael, up twenty seven nothing at halftime. The whole first half they made Herbert and the Ducks look inferior. James Williams scored on an unreal run. If you if you didn't see it, you gotta check the, the replay of that out. But then, like you said, they, they tried to coog it. The <laughs> yep, the, the, yep. the ducks got back in it, and they needed a late fourth quarter eight play drive led by Garner Minshew to to end it, and he he did so by perfectly placing a twenty two yard touchdown pass to to seal it. When you look at the Pac twelve in general as a whole, they continue to play musical chairs in terms of of who the best te- team is week in and week out, and like right now this moment, it looks like it's it's wazoo. It, it's crazy. Every week it changes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean they've they've definitely obviously got a real chance to win the North right now. It's there's there's a few teams with one loss. It's them, and then of course, Washington and Stanford. Um Oregon now two losses, so they're in a really tough position. Uh, but they do have an easy schedule remaining, so who knows, maybe they if there's some craziness, some four way tiebreaker, I don't know. Um, but as far as this game, I mean that first half from Washington State was about as good as i've ever seen them play we knew gardner Minshew. we talked about that last week how good he was how good this offense was but i don't know i just did not expect that great of a performance from the defense the first half they held oregon to three rushing yards and 36 passing yards so it looks like you know after losing uh grinch and losing Mataafa, they're they're still good tracy clay is doing a good job if, yeah, but if, if
0: you're Oregon, this is kind of what you were afraid of after your big win against U-Dub. They didn't come ready to play, and the Cougs took advantage of that first half. And, you know, I, I really do love this Washington State offense. They spread the ball around so well. They had seven players who recorded at least three catches. So if you're the defense, you can't just key in on two or three guys because Gardner Minshew will find, you know, all the whole bunch of them. And more often than not, he's been doing a great job finding those advantages and exploiting them. So it took just wasn't enough for oregon they woke up far too late in this
1: game to to be able to to pull it out okay let's get to the biggest surprise of the weekend ohio state getting crushed at purdue 49 to 20 unbelievable game uh we knew that ohio state they'd been showing signs really all year that the defense wasn't nearly as good as we all expected and of course right after we, we recorded last week it came out that nick bosa is gonna sit out the rest of the year so He's not walking through that door. And and yeah, they've given up a ton of big plays all year. Obviously, DJ Knox on the ground and Rondell Moore through the air took advantage of that. But the big thing that was surprising in this one was Ohio State's offense not being able to keep up. You know, the running game was non-existent. They threw it 73 times, only ran it 25. And, you know, the offensive line just wasn't paving any lanes for Dobbins. So... There's been some talk of um, I don't know if you guys have heard this of putting Tate Martell in there maybe in some red zone pa- packages, kind of a Tim Tebow type um, package, but just to Tate Martell's get, not even that great of a runner though, but I guess he's better than than dwayne Haskins, and Tate's pretty small I don't know i i don't I'm, I'm not seeing that but. listen hey. Um if if anyone blames me for saying something stupid, I'll just say I heard it somewhere else. It's just what people are saying, right? I mean, I am not saying it. I've just heard people saying it. So Okay, I'm wondering who's saying that. Let's <laughs> Somebody said it. One person. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh but either way, uh four trips to the red zone only came up with six points, so rough day for Ohio State. Yeah, it, it really was a rough day, but for me it's
2: it,
0: it's hard not to re- overreact to this one, and I'm going to do my best not to obviously you look to last year's Iowa game and that kind of shows you that you shouldn't overreact as they still went and won the rest of their games after that. Um, And I know they lost by 29 in this one, but the Buckeyes, they actually outgained Purdue in this game, believe that or not. And they just couldn't capitalize once they got to the red zone, like you said, Michael. And I don't know, to me, it was just, it was a much closer game than the score would indicate. I know they didn't run the ball that well, but they were, they still had some success and but now they get a week off to regroup before they host Nebraska. So I don't know. I see them rebounding pretty well from this and winning their next three games before, before that big showdown um, with Michigan who they get in Columbus. So, you know, they're still right in the thick of
2: it and I'm, I'm going to try not to overreact, but it, it's tough not to. You guys didn't mention that the biggest person in this game was Tyler Trent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was great. The, the Purdue fan with battling cancer. That was uh that was pretty awesome to, to see, but Rondell Moore is—he's so exciting to watch. I mean, he's kind of like like Tyree Hill on the Chiefs. He's so fun to watch, and and Ohio State—they just seem to have that a one head scratcher each year. And obviously, this is this is the one you would think. And like you said, Michael, and and bringing in Tate Martell because they they're doing really well offensively between the twenties. They just cannot punch it in when they need to, and you know, surrendering forty nine to Purdue—that's just inexcusable I, I don't especially with the talent that they have it's mystifying really but maybe this is a wake-up call they needed to turn around we'll see but for you guys is Brahm is going to go to the NFL or Louisville right yeah I mean I think
1: Louisville if I had to bet right now where he'd be next year I'd, I'd put my money on Louisville everyone seems to think he would take that job if offered I really hope so as a Nebraska fan I, I want him out of the Big Ten West that's for sure <laughs> yeah yeah that's true and we all agree, though, as far as Ohio State, we all agree that I know this is kind of a negative Nancy thing to say as if this game didn't matter. Of course, it mattered. But if they win out, they'll still make the playoff. Yes. Yes, no doubt. OK. All right. Let's get to the rapid recaps. Ryan, you're up first.
0: Alrighty. So my first game is Mississippi State and LSU. The Tigers dominated this one 19 to three, thanks in large part to four interceptions thrown by Nick Fitzgerald. If I'm Joe Moorhead, I am seriously thinking about starting Ketan uh, Thompson next week. Fitzgerald Keaton. has just lost. What is that? I said Ketan.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. I just like saying his name.
0: Oh, I was just like, did I say that wrong? Just, just <laughs> I do not emphasize it enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I'll start him. Fitzgerald has lost all of his confidence in his arm. Um, and for lsu they're gonna host Bama in a couple of weeks after their bye week so i can't wait for that one uh my next game finally nebraska was able to get off the schneid and beat minnesota 53 to 28 it's been a rough year as we know for huskers but uh there's no doubt that this team's getting better and adrian martinez is a flat-out baller yes party time <laughs> it's a
1: little late to the drop there but it's got to celebrate the win
0: yeah that's okay As I was saying, Martinez is a baller. He's arguably the best freshman QB in the nation and just an exciting piece to build around if you're Nebraska. So finally some excitement there. Uh, My third game is Stanford at Arizona State. Uh, This was played on Thursday and the Cardinal were able to hold off a a late charge from the Sun Devils to win 20 to 13. So this sets up another big game in the Pac-12 North this week as uh, Stanford hosts Washington State on the farm. Then my last game is Alabama at Tennessee. They Bama Cruise to another easy victory this time 58 to 21 and i don't feel like i'm exaggerating at all when i say this but tua is having the best season i've ever seen from a qb he's completing over 70 percent of his passes 25 touchdowns zero picks just i I don't think i've seen a qb play better
1: yeah yeah i mean it's, it's, it's hard to argue against that yeah. <laughs> it's, you can't do much better than he's doing no uh my first game clemson crushed nc state 41 to 7 and I think they're separating themselves as the second best team in the country right now. Trevor Lawrence played well. And of course the defense held potential number one pick Ryan Finley to under five yards per pass attempt and two interceptions. And Finley don't throw interceptions. He d- he typically don't. No. You're right. <laughs> that, is that how we say that now? <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do that. We do. <laughs> okay. Uh Virginia, who Bronco Mendenhall said before the year only has 27 ACC caliber players, is somehow 5-2, and 3-1 and one in the ACC after winning at Duke 28-14 to this weekend. Their next three ACC games, UNC at home, Pitt at home, and then at Georgia Tech. So there's at least a decent chance that final game of the season at Virginia Tech could be for the division. All you need is 22 guys, so... If you have twenty-seven, you're, you're doing well. Yeah, that's he's got a he's got a surplus of, yeah. of ACC <laughs> <He> caliber <does. laughs> players. What about special teams, Ryan? One third of the game. Fine, twenty-four. Oh, okay, just kicker the kicker punter. and punter. Okay, kicker punter. Uh, anyway, USC lost forty-one to twenty-eight at Utah, and it really was worse than the score would indicate. Yeah, USC it was. got two lucky touchdowns to start the game, a fumble six, and then really just a probably an ill-advised jump ball thrown into traffic by jt daniels that somehow michael Pittman came up with uh then utah scored 34 unanswered after that great performance from tyler huntley but back to usc jt daniels is concerning me a little bit i know he's a freshman but still making you know a good amount of bad decisions and i'm even more concerned with clay helton um i don't want to be one of those fans that just calls for the coach to get fired always but one good way to look at it is if suddenly every coach were a free agent how how highly sought after do you guys think Clay Helton would be? Oh, man. Like, I'm not sure he'd be in the top 25. That's for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So we got to think about whether we want to keep him around. I mean, I'll give him the rest of this season for sure. But if he doesn't turn it around. Last game I have here, Oklahoma won 52-27 to against TCU. Sean Robinson continued to struggle. He got benched for Michael Collins in this game. And then it just came out that Sean Robinson is having season-ending shoulder surgery. Um, on the other side, Kyler Murray. Ryan, you said Tua's maybe having the best season you've ever seen. I mean, K- Kyler Murray might be having the second best season ever yep. because yep. he's he's doing better than Baker Mayfield was last year, at least statistically, which didn't seem possible. So, I think they should give out two Heisman's this year. What do you guys think? I, I mean, maybe why not? okay why not well why not i mean there's <laughs> i could i could definitely see why not but let's well, let's go for it don't don't forget the other big news here about Cavante turpin yeah i was gonna get to that later but sure yeah Cavante turpin uh arrested for assault um yep. of his girlfriend really bad story apparently he had another arrest i didn't know about this um kind of a similar situation so yeah he's not i wouldn't expect him to play again at tcu no but we'll see yeah Not looking good right down there uh, in Fort Worth. No.
2: All right, my first game is Colorado at Washington. Washington won this one 27-13. Even without LaVisca Chenault and a banged-up Trayvon McMillan, the Buffs were in this game almost the whole way. Both offenses were fairly average in this one, but the Huskies put it away with a long touchdown drive in the middle of the fourth quarter. We didn't really learn much in this one other than we continued to see an average Huskies offense being helped by their pretty solid defense. Vanderbilt at Kentucky, Kentucky won this one 14 to 7. So a team not named Army, Navy, or Air Force won a game with their quarterback going 3 for 9 and 18 yards. Yikes. That's that's what Terry Wilson did for Kentucky. He only they all those three completions were completed to one receiver as well. <laughs> uh but he had the luxury of giving the ball to Benny Snell, who went for 169 yards and a score. Kentucky, they're they're benefiting from their schedule, but they're doing what they need to do.
1: And they're really damn good defense. Yeah, yeah. And that Florida win, can't take that away from them. Yeah, that's Can true. You? I mean, maybe if like Benny Snell's getting
2: paid, but I don't think so. <laughs> Cincinnati at Temple. The Owls won this thriller 24-17 to in overtime, down 17-10 to late in the 4th. They went on a 75 yard drive to tie it with under a minute to go. It wasn't wasn't a pretty game as each team had three turnovers, but Temple stays unbeaten in AAC play. Finally, Auburn at Ole Miss. Gus Malazan was able to silence the critics for at least one week as Auburn won this one 31 16. Auburn has struggled on offense this year, but Jatarvius White ran for 170 yards with a nine yard per rush average. And then Stidham didn't turn the ball over. Auburn is now 5-3, and three, but this was a big win for their bowl hopes, which is shocking to say because three of their final four games come against top 15 teams, including on the road at Georgia and Alabama. All right, that does it for
1: week eight. Let's get to our segments. Our first segment, college football playoff rankings. These are coming out next week, and they'll actually be out by the time our next episode is released. So why don't we predict those right now? and because we still have this weekend's games of course let's let's assume that they all go according to the Vegas point spread uh so for instance Florida sorry you're losing to Georgia Kentucky sorry you're losing um at Missouri so who's in your top 5 Trey or well, not your top 5 sorry you're predicting what the committee yeah, will do I'm
2: predict this is different than what I would put but uh, uh, I think the committee's for sure gonna put UCF at number one. <laughs> oh, okay, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No doubt about it. No, so I'm gonna say Alabama, of course, at number one. Now they they the committee always has a way of, of making statements. So I'm gonna say Notre Dame is number two. Okay. Uh, I might not agree, but they've had some good wins. Number three, I'm gonna say LSU. They've had they've wow. had great so, wins. Wow. No uh, Miami, Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi State. Then I put Clemson. I mean, I'm pro. I could, I could be off, but they they might make a statement like LSU. Clemson really hasn't beaten anyone except for NC State, and that was at, at home at A and M. I mean, that's a good at A and M. Sure, but I mean, right now, I it, okay, fair at A and <laughs> I mean, but at the time, A and M wasn't ranked. I mean, I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like the thought that they they do. They're not just going to rank it by standings. Yes. But, okay, but go yeah, on, I mean, go Clem- on.
2: regardless, Clemson's for sure going to be in the top four. No, no doubt about it. And then I'd put Georgia at five, especially since they will have just beaten Georgia, uh, Florida.
1: Okay. I mean, that was a surprise. So I obviously, I have number one Alabama also. Um, I have Clemson, too, um, at A&M. And then, of course, NC State. I mean, of course, we don't think they're that good, but that's a win that looks good on the resume. Uh, Number three, Notre Dame. I wouldn't be shocked if Notre Dame was ahead of Clemson because of that Michigan win, but just too many close wins against bad teams drops them to three for me. Number four, LSU. I agree, Trey. The committee is definitely going to like LSU a lot. Wins against Miami and Georgia. Uh, Only loss against a good Florida team, but I just don't think that they will jump those undefeateds. Yeah, you're probably right. Number five, for me, came down to Georgia and Michigan, and it's really close. I'm going with Michigan just because their one loss is by seven at notre dame whereas georgia got killed in their loss um
0: okay michael i have the literally the exact same as you do so oh yeah okay my thinking was the same you know michigan and georgia real close at the at the five spot there but
1: lean towards michigan since of that stronger loss but exact same i think kentucky's gonna be pretty high up there too obviously texas oklahoma they've all got a chance to be in there but yeah not not top five though all right Next segment is, I did not tell you guys what this segment would be. It is trivia. And you guys are on a team, though. All right. So the game is called Junior or Nah. And so I'm going to name a player's first and last name. And you have to tell me whether he has a suffix, whether he has that junior suffix. So, for instance, if I said Ken Griffey, you you would say junior. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. You got it. All right. So I've got 10 names here. And I will consider it a success if you guys get seven. Seven out of ten. C's get degrees, baby. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Bring it. Number one, Kentucky running back Benny Snell. He's a junior. He's a junior. One for one. USC wide receiver Michael Pittman. He's a junior. I said his name earlier in the podcast, and I left out the junior intentionally. Oh, no. uh, wow. Just to He's maybe just kind of maybe fool you guys a little you bit. sly but. son of a <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I'm going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> All right, number three, Miami running back, Travis Homer.
2: Ooh, I'm going to say nah.
1: I, I, nah. Ooh. All right, good job. All right. Baylor wide receiver, Denzel Mims. Ah. ah.
0: I don't. I can't remember if it does. I. I don't. I've never heard of it with a with a junior or anything. So I'm.
1: I'm leaning towards nah, Trey. Yeah, I will lean nah. Ooh, you guys are four for four. Good job. Uh, now I'm wait Now your goal is to go to go ten for ten. <laughs> All right, number five, Colorado wide receiver Lavisca Chenault. Gosh, dang it! I'm leaning towards yes at this one.
2: Yeah, oh man, Lavisca Chenault. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, let's go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> okay, five for five. We're pulling some out.
2: <laughs>
1: all right, number six, Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins. I, I'm not. I'm. I, I'm leaning towards nah. I don't know about you, Trey. But I. I, I don't
2: have a feeling. I'll go nah.
1: Mm, oh damn it! <laughs> I thought I thought that one was one of the easier ones, but all right. Dang it. People don't often use it, but he is a junior. Yeah. Okay, you're six. What are you, six for seven? Uh, West Virginia linebacker David Long. Oh. Uh, yeah. Wow. Ugh, this is tough. Um, I'm leaning towards a no, Trey. I'll go no, too. Man. He is a junior. Okay, six for eight. All right, we got to get one out of here. Yeah, we're, we're, we need this.
2: Houston defensive tackle Ed Oliver. You just never hear junior when you... You never hear junior, so I got to say nah. No, yeah. but what do you...
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm saying... I'm leaning nah as well. Yeah, nah. Hey. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> seven. All right. Seven for nine. It sounds like a name that should have a junior at the end, though. Yeah. Ed Oliver Jr. Just kind of rolls off the tongue. All right. Number nine, Kansas running back... Oh, wait. Yeah. I, th- I, I'm, I think I have... I'm tabulating this wrong. Whatever. Kansas running back, Puka Williams. I think he's a junior i'm gonna lean on you right i don't know this one okay last one you must have what do you guys have now i think we're seven of nine okay so you got to set. okay uh number 10 is nc State wide receiver kelvin harman dang it he's on my fantasy my college fantasy team i need to know this <laughs> i'm gonna lean on you
0: then trey i would lean yes but i i don't i really oh, don't would. know i would lean nah okay well then let's go nah since he's on your fantasy let's
2: team. go nah <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Eight out of ten—that's right. pretty
0: good. That's better than I thought you would do. Yeah, you know, you could have put in. Isn't Gardner Minshew
1: uh a, I w- Hey, I've got two bonus ones here. Oh. First one, Gardner Minshew. He—he's the second. <laughs> the second, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a trick question. Yeah. Another one, uh Michigan State wide receiver Felton Davis.
2: I. I no, I don't know that one either. Elton Davis, senior. Oh, I don't know.
1: No, oh, I should have thrown in one of those. No, <laughs> yeah.
2: Elton Davis, the uh, third. Oh, yeah,
1: oh. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that was fun. Maybe we'll play another variant of that game again. That, I liked that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the Week Nine preview. So we're going to be focusing in on three division races here in our preview, uh, because that's really where most of the big games are. Two of those divisions are maybe a little bit surprising, at least if you you thought before the year the SEC East and the Big 10 West, the last division, Pac-12 North. So we'll start with the SEC East. There are three teams at 4 and 1 in conference. Two of those facing off in Jacksonville, number 9 Florida against number 7 Georgia. Georgia's a 7 point favorite. Both teams coming off buys. Who do you like here, Trey?
2: Well, it's it's one of the better world's largest outdoor cocktail parties in recent history. This game has been a yeah. it's been a dud lately. And it matches teams that are pretty similar in style. Both are defensive first and then offensive. They show flashes of brilliance, but they aren't always firing, at least this season. It's weird to wonder who I trust more right now, Felipe Franks or Jake Fromm. Hmm. I think think Georgia got their wake-up call versus LSU, and it was an outlier game to me. And I think that they're going to have a package for Justin Fields in this one, and the Bulldogs will thrust themselves back into the playoff race in style all right that was that was magnificent pros there trey um
1: (laughs) i like georgia as well um for me this feels kind of like a a water finding its level game there's there's my attempt at pros um georgia had theirs last week you know with being such a young team we we thought georgia would trip trip up once or twice this year showed up against lsu and right now florida is six and one and to me they're I mean, obviously, significantly outperforming expectations. I think they come back down to earth here. I think we see the difference between Georgia, who's the third most talented team, according to 24-7 sports team talent rankings, uh, to Florida's 12th most talented. So I will lay the points with Georgia, and I'm going to make it my lock. Wow. Okay.
0: Well, I'm going to – I'm actually going to take Florida here uh, and the points – you know, the main reason is just because of Florida's ground game. They got it going a little bit now. P. Ryan and Scarlet both went over 100 yards against Vandy last time out. And they also ran the ball well against LSU. So I think they're going to be able to maybe ex- expose Georgia's run defense kind of like LSU did. Maybe not to that extent, but they are going to be able to find some success. I do like Georgia to win the game, but I think Florida, with that great defense and a solid run game, will will keep it within a touchdown. Okay, not quite as... P-
1: poetic as trey and i but i, I fine analysis <laughs> sorry number 12 yeah. kentucky is the uh, the other team four and one in the sec and they're going at missouri missouri is favored six and a half is that is that disrespectful ryan yeah it's kind of weird right it's but uh you know before
0: i i start here guys i, I have a question for you um there's only one team in the nation that has given up less points than kentucky who's that team
1: that is a good question. Hmm. I'll
0: give you. I'll give you Mississippi one State.
1: No. Oh no. LSU. No. I'm gonna give you one. Hint. <laughs>
0: Just let me keep guessing. I'll figure it out. About Clemson. <laughs> it's it, it, no. It's gonna be a tough guess. Okay. Okay. It's a. It's not a Power Five school. San Diego State. Getting
1: getting getting warmer. Fresno. Yep. Oh Fresno, Fresno. State. Ooh. All right. All right. Yep. Fresno wow first guess that's pretty good I, <laughs> <laughs> trey you made a bunch of guesses you were guessing like every team in the sec there. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so this back to the
0: game kentucky missouri uh, this is uh, a really intriguing game you know it's a team that pits an zero and three team in conference in missouri who's a you know a six and a half point favorite against a team that's four and one in conference and 12th ranked in the country Complete clash of styles. Missouri's high-powered offense, led by Drew Locke, against that great Kentucky defense, led by Josh Allen. I have no idea how Kentucky keeps winning games with abysmal quarterback play. Um, I guess just their amazing defense. But uh, I'm going to keep betting on that defense and
1: say they actually pull off the win in Columbia. Okay, I'm I'm going with Missouri because uh, I'm I'm going to say that Missouri's record's four and one. Cause I'm just not going to count the games. They played Georgia and Bama. You know, you can just throw those out. It's kind of like, uh, A&M against Clemson and, and Alabama. Fair enough. And one of those wins they have is a win at Purdue, which is looking a lot better right now. So I like Missouri and actually. You know who else Massey, won at Purdue, Michael? Uh, Eastern Michigan. Yep. But Eastern Michigan, they always play close <laughs> games. No matter we are, <laughs> no, we, we no, know I'm that, just, Ryan. That's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Missouri, one thing that's surprising to me massey peabody's rankings uh he he tweeted that if you just look at their rankings based on their performance this year you know kind of eliminating priors which of course are important but if you just eliminated that i think missouri was like sixth or seventh ranked team this year so that's pretty good Yeah, that's pretty impressive
2: yeah. um i'm gonna take them yeah i mean it, it does seem too obvious to take kentucky and i but i'm gonna do it i I'm going to take Kentucky. I like their defense. I think they'll slow down Drew Locke just enough. And Benny Snell have a big game. So I'm actually, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to make the Wildcats my lock of the week. All right. Let's move on to the Big Ten West. Great
1: division, right, guys? Amazing. Dude. Stellar. <laughs> uh, four teams with only one loss in conference play. We've got three games involving those teams to break down. So we will assign one to each bro. I'll start us out with... Number 20, Wisconsin at Northwestern. Wisconsin's a six point favorite. And if they lose this one, they, I mean, they're significant underdogs to win the division because, of course, they would not have that tiebreaker against Northwestern and they'd be a game back, which is crazy because they seemed like a lock before the season. You know, I think we probably named them as the team most likely to win their division. Yeah. Yep. It was either them or Clemson. Um, And with FSU, we kind of thought maybe Clemson had a rival there. But in this game I like Wisconsin. Uh Northwestern almost lost to Rutgers last weekend. They were lucky to beat Nebraska at home the week before. They lost 3 of 4 before that, so I just don't think they're all that good. They're, you know, we rag on Alex Hornibrook, of course, but I don't think Clayton Thorson is very good either. 9 touchdowns, 7 picks on the year for him, so hopefully Wisconsin can get a little bit healthier this game in the secondary and I'll take them. Okay, that's
0: fair enough. Um, I'm going the opposite direction. I'm I'm taking Northwestern just because they always play to the level of their opponent this year. You know, one week they lose a very close game to Akron, and then the very next game they almost beat Michigan. So it's just they'll play to their level of the competition. So I'll just take those six points and say they keep it
2: within that. They really are Jekyll and Hyde. They're one of the oddest teams uh, because of what you just said, Ryan. Of of how they play to their competition. So I'm also going to take Northwestern as I don't trust Hornibrook enough. And I'll take the points with, uh, with the wildcats. Okay. Next game.
1: Number 18, Iowa at number 17, Penn state, Penn state's a five and a half point favorite.
2: Trey, break this one down for us. I'm really starting to buy into this Hawkeyes team and Penn state hasn't looked the same since their crushing loss to Ohio state as they they've since lost at home to Sparty. And then they had to sweat out a win against the Hoosiers one of the reasons I like Iowa in this matchup is because of how well they defend the run. They give up less than 80 yards per game on the ground, and we know Penn State with Sanders and McSorley, they, they like to run. Nathan Stanley is prone to throwing an interception, so he, he has to avoid a mistake here if they, if they want to win in Happy Valley. But give me the Hawkeyes here to cover.
1: By the way, when did it become Nate Stanley? I still hear Nathan and Nate, but I think his ESPN name is Nate Stanley. Is that something he said that he wants to be called
2: Nate now? Boy, that's um, I'd some useless know. information that uh, someone needs <laughs> well, to get the ball. I'll investigate it. I'll investigate <laughs> it and get back to you guys on yeah, that. Exactly. Thank you. Uh,
1: but I'm going with Nate Stanley here. Um, I also I'm, I'm also buying into Iowa and you know against teams with a pulse this year, Penn State has been in close games. So in a in a expected close game here, I'll take the points. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm I'm all over Iowa. I think they'll hold that Penn
0: State offense in check and just play keep away and keep that Nittany line offense off the field so they just won't get that
1: many chances. And so this one, uh, I'm going to make this one my lock of the week. Okay, final game we're going over out of the Big Ten West is Purdue at Michigan State. Spartans are a two-point favorite. Ryan, this is yours. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to believe Purdue's sitting at 3-1 and in conference
0: after their 0-3 start to the year, but here they are with a legit chance to win the division, um, and they actually host both Iowa and Wisconsin uh, in West Lafayette later this year, so it's things are looking good there. Just a remarkable turnaround. I'm having a hard time picking this game, though, because Purdue is obviously on a roll, but whenever you start doubting Michigan State, they tend to bounce back but at this point, I'm just going to go with Purdue because I don't want to go
2: against Jeff Brom. Yeah. I mean, but it's funny because these teams, they couldn't be going and coming into this game in more opposite fashions. And I love Brom and Purdue and, and they have a really fun offense, but the whole world is picking Purdue. So I'm going to go contrarian and say D'Antonio and Sparty win with their backs against the wall. Okay. I'm I'm going to go with,
1: with Purdue. I don't know with what the latest you guys have heard on the Lewerke, but last I read, you know, he's was supposedly playing through a shoulder injury uh, last week. So potentially they could start the freshman Rocky Lombardi this week. Um, If that's the case, I I like Purdue. Yeah. (laughs) All right, final division we're going through. Pac-12 North. There's now, of course, the big four in the Pac-12 North. We knew about Washington, Oregon, and Stanford coming into the year. Now number 14 Washington State has joined that group, and they
2: go at Stanford, and they're three-point underdogs. What do you see here, Trey? This is a tough game for Wazoo right after their their high of beating Oregon at home. I really wanted to go against the grain here with Stanford, but I like Wazoo because of the fact that the Cardinals give up over 400 yards per game, including over 250 in the air. Minshew should have a big day, and I think they can outscore Costello and the their incredible tight ends. If the Cougs win this one, it could most likely come down to the Apple Cup for the Pac-12 North. Again. True. Yeah, I have no idea what to
1: expect in this game. This Washington State team is a little bit reminding me of last year. They were 6 and 0 coming off of big wins against USC at Oregon and then really kind of inexplicably laid an A at Cal. I think they lost 37 to 3. This year, you know, they're 6 and 1. They're peaking again just coming off a big win. So I think it could, you know, who knows, it could happen again. I'm not a big fan of Stanford, so I don't have a lot of good things to say about them. Their defense has been mediocre this year of course bryce love not himself but they're way better than that cal team from last year so don't feel great about it but i'll take stanford you know this has been my favorite division to follow this year it seems like every
0: week there's been a a big game and four teams are all you know been neck and neck it's it's been awesome to watch and yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the cougs plus the points in this one just because i think both defenses are relatively similar um Maybe Wazoo actually even has a little bit better one. Um, And I think Washington State definitely has the better offense. So I'm taking the Cougs plus the points.
1: Okay, next up, number 19, Oregon, a a 9.5-point favorite at Arizona. Oregon, I would say definitely a must-win. And Ryan, why don't you set the stage here? Yeah, definitely a must-win sitting a game back of three teams. Um, Obviously,
0: Oregon's hopes of winning the division are are looking slim. But if they can win out, they still have five games left. So if they can win out, they'll be 7-2 and in conference, they're going to be right there in the thick of it so personally i think they're going to respond well um and i think they'll they'll cover this spread here i think they'll beat arizona by a couple of touchdowns um which spreads about about 10 right now so i think they'll cover that pretty well and then uh yeah i had a nine and a half yeah in arizona if you would I, listen to me sorry mike 10 nine and a half. it's a big <laughs> okay. difference actually true yeah uh, but Arizona just not liking them. They're Rhett Rodriguez is probably still going to be their quarterback. He wasn't, didn't look all that great last week. So I, I got to go with the Ducks.
1: Yeah, I mean Rhett Rodriguez is probably going to be their quarterback. He didn't look all that great last week. So <laughs> I'm going to take I'm going <laughs> to take Oregon. <laughs> great, great insight.
2: Thank you. I, you know, what's funny is I I came away with Rich Rod's kid Rhett being like almost he's bet you he looked better than Khalil Tate had this season. Well, that's not hard to do. He's better than a one-legged Khalil Tate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, so, but, like you guys, they have such a bad defense, so I like the Ducks to bounce back. Okay, final
1: game, number 15, Washington. Ten and a half point favorite at Cal. Cal is coming off a nice 49-7 to win at Oregon State. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. They've gone back to the freshman Chase Garbers at quarterback, it looks like, and I think that's the right decision. He's played... You know pretty well, and you got to go with the the young guy. But I don't like his chances against this UW
2: secondary. I think Washington wins easy. Ten and a half seems a bit low. Yeah, I I totally agree. I'm going to go with the Huskies here as well. I thought Cal would be more improved this season, but they they've been really bad in in the Pac-12 so far. Yeah, Wilcox, you know, not looking as
1: maybe impressive as some people thought. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you guys. I, I
0: mean, I know Washington is the better team here. Um but it's, you know, it's at Cal and Washington just doesn't have that explosive offense. So I'm going to take 10 and a half and
1: say Cal can uh, keep it within that. Okay. Time for the honorable
2: mentions. Trey, why don't you get us started? Okay. First off, Baylor at number 13, West Virginia, where the Mountaineers are favored by 14 points. And this is on Thursday night. West Virginia has had some extra days off to, to lick their wounds from the Iowa State drubbing and now gets to face a Baylor team that gives up over 400 per yards per game. I like West Virginia and Greer to get back on track and get back in the Big 12 title race. My next game is Miami minus three and a half at Boston College. This is on Friday night. I wouldn't have guessed I'd have more confidence in BC's Anthony Brown than a Miami quarterback under Ricked. Miami's been really shaky in their last couple games and can't seem to find a rhythm at quarterback between Nikosi Perry or Malik Rozier. A.J. Dillon is questionable, but I still like the Golden Eagles to cover. Next one, number 23, Utah, is a 10-point favorite at UCLA. This is also on Friday night. This game has some potential, actually, as UCLA seems to have turned a corner on the offensive side of the ball in the last couple games. Dorian Thompson-Robinson left the game with an injury, but Spate filled in just fine. Their defense, though, is putrid. Utah has <laughs> turned into a different different team the last few games, and it's because of Huntley. In his last three games, he's completed 75% of his passes, has nine total touchdowns, and one pick. So I like the rejuvenated Utes here. Finally, Texas Tech at Iowa State, where the Cyclones are currently favored by four. Alan Bowman returned last week, and he didn't miss a beat. The Cyclones come into this one fresh as they had a bye week after they throttled West Virginia. Freshman quarterback Brock Purdy has been stellar since it taking over the reins, and he should put up big numbers against a poor Red Raiders defense. I like the Cyclones to win a high-scoring game, but the Red Raiders cover. Okay, my first game, number 22, NC State at Syracuse.
1: This game is a pick 'em. I think that might be our 1st pick 'em of the year. Syracuse has had a crazy few weeks. We all remember the Clemson game, of course. Two weeks ago, they lost in overtime at Pitt. Last week, beat North Carolina in double overtime after benching Eric Dungy. Dungey is listed as the starter on this week's depth chart, but I would expect freshman Tommy DeVito to play a lot, and he looked really good last week. So I say they'll take down NC State. Did not like what I saw from the Wolfpack last week. Next game, Notre Dame taking on Navy in San Diego at the stadium formerly known as Qualcomm Stadium. Their favored 23 and a half and I'm going to take Navy they've at least been competitive the last few weeks against Temple and Houston two pretty good teams and I just don't know what to think about Notre Dame right now you know they of course had those big wins with Ian Book when he first came in but barely beating Pitt leads to some questions for me Clemson is a 15 and a half point favorite at Florida State and I think Clemson settled in pretty well offensively with Trevor Lawrence got a lot of confidence on that side of the ball Florida State Did run the ball well against Wake last week, but the four games before that, less than three yards per carry. So I think Clemson's going to force them to be one-dimensional. And with their D-line going up against that Florida State O-line, I will bet on Clemson. Final game, number 21, USF at Houston. Houston's a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. And I don't think USF has any business being ranked. Their last five wins have come against teams that are 96th or worse in FPI four of those five wins came by one score so it's not like they're blowing them out and last week barely beating UConn maybe the worst team in college football that should pretty much count as a loss like if I'm a pollster yeah I'm looking at that game as a loss because if they played anyone with a pulse they would have lost so even though Ed Oliver questionable with an injury I will take Houston and my boy Derek King who's one of the best players in college football all righty
0: nicely done Okay, uh, my first game is number 6, Texas, who's a three-point favorite at Oklahoma State. The big news here is that Ellinger uh, should be ready to go for this one, um, and I expect a close game. It's going to go either way. Texas has won three straight games by five points or less, um, and I think they'll win another close one here, so give me the Longhorns. It's kind of been an opposite year of last year for the Longhorns so far. They lost every close game last year. Yeah. Uh, next game is number 16, Texas A&M. Uh, at Mississippi State, who is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. a only two losses are against Bama and Clemson, and they played both of those teams tougher than anybody else really has. So I really like the Aggies here, especially considering the way Fitzgerald's throwing the ball. Uh, so give me the, the Aggies plus some points here. I think they're going to win straight up. Kansas State at number 8 OU, who's favored by 24, I think K-State may have finally turned the corner. They've looked solid the last few games and whipped up on Oklahoma State last time out. I think Alex Barnes at running back, he'll have a big game on the ground and keep this one closer uh, than Sooner fans would like. But in the end, OU will flex their muscle. Uh, But I'll take the 24 points here. My last game is uh, Arizona State at USC, who is a six-point favorite. USC was dominated by Utah this past week, uh, and the injuries are starting to pile up for them as well. So I'm definitely gonna take the Sun Devils
1: here. I think they're gonna win this one straight up. Um, yeah, JT Daniels is out with a concussion yeah. likely and, and Matt Fink, the backup, broke three ribs. So Jack Sears, baby. Jack, Jack Sears. Jack Sears. Yep. Yep. Uh, so
0: and you know, maybe thankfully thankfully for Michael, Clay Helton will uh actually
1: be on a hot seat after this one. I don't know. I'm I'm not cheering for us to lose. I'm not at that point not yet no 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 we could still we could still win the division then we yeah. could win the north then we could make the playoff I think we could win it all <laughs> sure Mike bring yeah we want Bama we want Bama. okay time for the questionable finish Washington State is a perfect 7-0 and against the spread this year other than betting on the Cougs what is your best advice to make a quick buck um, I got my, my suggestion is to take some online surveys. You can make like
0: five bucks just uh, t- just for taking a few surveys. It'll take a little bit of a time, but you know you're still sitting there su- sitting there at home, so it's not th- not too much pressure. Have you done it? Well, no, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I've heard about All it, right. and there, there, I heard like my survey or one poll is uh, some options you could do it. Or you could just do it, what Michael does and donate
1: sperm. But oh, no, That is my answer. <laughs> oh, my sperm God. Sperm bank. <laughs> I looked it up. Ryan, there's actually a place nearby where you live. Okay. It's right off um, Bundy, off the 10. That's okay. That's you get 1500 a month and, to quote the website, periodic incentives such as movie tickets and gift certificates. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, 1500 a month? How often do I have to give? They said you have to commit five hours a month. Which I don't know how. It's, that's a lot of time when you think about Five
2: it. Five hours? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look into that's, it, right? That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, did you guys buy a lottery ticket now that it's up to $1.6 billion? Ooh, I haven't yet. I should. No, no, I, I, I haven't it. either. But uh, no, I'd say in horse racing, you bet a lot of money on a big favorite to show, which means to come in the top three. If it does, it's a a quick 5% or better return. I'm I'm not condoning it, but it's something some risk takers like to do. All right. It's true. As a double-digit underdog,
1: Purdue ended up blowing out Ohio State. Name a time when something you thought would go
2: poorly turned out to go really well. Well, I've now officiated two weddings. And kind of in both of them, I thought, how is this going to go wrong? I thought it would go wrong. (laughs) But I think I handled myself... Well, in both, and uh, ended up coming up with a, a victory in that column, I think. Yeah, you did it. One of them was Ryan's wedding. Yeah, yeah, great job. Yep, did a did a very good job.
1: Okay, for me, uh, I was at the the San Diego Fair on a date a few years ago, and I decided to uh, try to make a basketball shot, you know, with and win a teddy bear for my date. So I got uh, ten shots for five bucks. Missed the first nine, so I'm sweating i'm thinking there's no chance my last shot i just decide i'm gonna rainbow it as much as i could maybe i'll airball it throw it over the whole thing but it went in wow very good michael yeah got the teddy bear and the girl on that date ended up being my wife wow it's because no, we that broke shot. up a few weeks later we broke up a few weeks later <laughs> <laughs> so. very sad
0: oh. um okay mine is um i was at a basketball like we had a banquet at the end of the year and there was this one of my players who was really good at um uh what do you call it? table tennis he was just killing everybody and mm-hmm. i hadn't played it for a long time but and i he, he wanted to play me and was like okay fine i ended up doing pretty darn well and i beat the kid so oh, I, was wow. up in, I was all oh.
1: i was all i was i was all up in his grill you know just like Wow, <laughs> what?
2: what's up uh poor little timmy wow but, yeah. good for yeah. you right that's good
1: <laughs> okay last question what is your upset special this weekend I won mine last week I had Virginia to beat Duke and this week I'm taking Kansas to win at home as 14 and a half point underdogs against TCU Kansas is is one in 30 in big 12 play under under Beatty but they've actually played TCU pretty well 2015 they lost at number 13 TCU by six points 2016 blew a nine point fourth quarter lead to lose by one. 2017 they had an off day A uh, couple of bad referee calls They lost 43-0 to But could have gone either way Yep, yep I remember that <laughs> um, This year though Kansas victory TCU quarterback situation We talked about Not great right now uh, Sophomore pen transfer Michael Collins Of course the new starter And like we mentioned earlier Cavante Turpin will be out
2: Okay okay Michael I'm gonna go against Your favorite player To Eric King Ooh, I'm gonna take wow. South Florida With the points plus seven and a half no you don't get any points major here. App- well i know but they're gonna they're gonna win straight up and cover of course major applewhite said that ed oliver is questionable so his status isn't fully known in this one so i'm hoping blake barnett can put up some big nu- big numbers and knock off the cougars
0: all right well i actually also hit my uh, upset special last week i had purdue so that was oh nice yeah. job wow yeah. that's a good one i didn't realize you had them yep i did um, this week I'm going to take Baylor. They're getting 14, uh, at West Virginia. Mountaineers got dominated last time out against Iowa state while Baylor took, uh, Texas to the wire. So I don't know. I expect this one to, to, to go to the wire and, uh,
1: I think Baylor could pull it out. All right. That'll do it for our week nine preview. But before we end the show, one last thing I want to talk about. Did you guys see what happened in old dominion against Western Kentucky?
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> i don't know
1: how i first of all it's never going to happen again it's one of the craziest endings ever let me let me take us through it it's it's kind of a long explanation but just if you haven't seen it old dominion was down by seven with nine seconds left in the game they scored a touchdown so tie game kick off to western kentucky eventually western kentucky has it at their own 45 two seconds left in a tie game they throw a pass incomplete all right so we're going to overtime but wait There's a roughing the passer, so there's one untimed down. Western Kentucky attempts a 57-yard field goal to win. They miss it, so now time for overtime. But wait, Old Dominion, 12 men on the field, 5-yard penalty, another untimed down for Western Kentucky. This time they try a 52-yard field goal. It's short, so we go to overtime, right? No. No, (laughs) but wait. (laughs) Old Dominion had a return man in the end zone, so he takes it runs all the way down the sideline, gets tackled out of bounds at the 15, zero seconds on the clock, so now finally time for overtime, right? Not quite. Not quite, because <laughs> the tackler grabbed his face mask, so they get half the distance to the goal, one more untimed down for Old Dominion now, 26-yard field goal, he makes it, game over, right? <laughs> you, I wish. Okay, this yes, yeah. it is, game over. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah that was nuts (laughs) like can you imagine if that happened in like you know florida georgia this weekend yeah
2: bonkers that would
1: be amazing that's crazy all right just had to cover that um anyway if you haven't already please give us a review on apple Podcasts. if you like the show if you listen every week tell us what you like about it um it really helps us out we'd appreciate it follow us on facebook at college football bros instagram at College Football Bros and on Twitter, of course, at CFB Bros. And we will talk to you next week.
0: You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB bros. Thanks for listening.